Hello, and welcome to the Freedom Challenge online podcast. Here at the Freedom Challenge, we strive to do good by helping enslaved women and children to do more than you ever thought physically possible and to do it together by connecting women with a heart for a hurting world. We hope you enjoy your time being informed and encouraged with host Tracy Doherty and our amazing guests. So let's get ready and join Tracy for this week's episode. Hey, Freedom Sisters and listeners. What a week. I hope you savored the moments of Holy Week. Resurrection Sunday was so special for Christ followers as we actually gathered in person and celebrated Jesus. I'm sure many people experience such refreshment just by having the opportunity to be together. At least for me, it was the first time in one year that I have been together worshiping with fellow Christ followers. So you can imagine, a little weepy over here. I'm so thankful for Jesus, our resurrected King. He is the reason we have life. He is the reason that we um, have restoration with God our Father. I'm so grateful. And I come to you today thankful for His life in my life. And I'm also thankful that you're joining me here today. If you remember last month, we spent some time discussing God's take on biblical femininity and the fact that he was a champion of the both the significance and the value of the feminine in the world. We heard from women around the world about their experiences of womanhood in unique ways. And if you haven't heard it, I'm going to tell you, I probably shouldn't say this, it is my favorite podcast. Hearing poetry, spoken word, it it really will touch your heart about the beauty and the uniqueness of women. I invite you to listen to that. So if you didn't know that Freedom Challenge supports ministries that prevent, develop, rescue, and restore exploited, vulnerable women and children, I am really thrilled that we're going to spend the next two podcasts talking about those kinds of ministries, what they do, how they impact the the worlds and the the world and the community that they engage with. And we're going to get to hear from two different ministry partners, one in Zambia today. And then next time, the, the next episode in April, we will be talking to our friends from Greece. So for this episode, I have invited, and I tell you, this woman, you're going to love her. Um, I wish you could see her. Her name is Farron Malusa. She's from Zambia. And I have to say that if you would like to see her and hear more, she was one of our guest speakers on the Freedom Challenge Live. So you could go to our website and download that and watch it. She spoke to us about what God is doing in Zambia through her. We're thrilled to have her today. She's going to talk about the past eight years as she's been the director of a ministry called Tabitha Ministry. It was founded in Zambia in 2009. You know what? That's getting hard to say these days because we're in 2021. 2009. And we get to hear about this ministry and um, hear from her a little later in the episode. So I was able to meet Farron in 2018 when I went to Africa with a small group of women. Great trip. 
And for those of you who don't know, Freedom Challenge is going to Africa, not Zambia, in 2022 for the 10-year anniversary of the Freedom Challenge. That was a sidebar. Now back to Farron. But we just fell in love with this beautiful, small, powerful package. And we actually invited her to the Bryce Zion Challenge after we had met her there in 2018. And she joined us there again, continued to deepen our connections and our love for her and what what God's doing in her life, to be inspired by her and the work that she does. And then she was one of our keynote speakers at the Freedom Challenge Live, as I said earlier. So I'm pretty thrilled to have her on the podcast, a true gift to hear from this phenomenal woman with a powerful story and a strong voice. So without further pomp and circumstance, Farron, welcome. And before we get into your story and the actual parts of the ministry, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself? Um, my name is Fallon Rusa. Of course, as uh, Tracy has said already, I am a Zambian, born in Zambia, and I'm a Zambian missionary, serving with OM Zambia. And uh, I serve with Tabita Ministries, so that's all about me. Yeah. What do you love to do on your spare time, Farron? <laughs> what What is like a you know a hobby or something you're interested in? How do you spend your days? I love prayer. That is personal. And I love reading the word of God. And I love baking at the same time. I bake like nothing. I can spend the whole night just making cakes. And I also love sewing at the same time. So, But I thank God because he has given me a mouth purpose talent. I can say I can sew. I can make beads. I can do like anything that is uh, possible for <laughs> a lady to do. Yeah. Yeah. I love hearing you pray. I'm going to just bring us to one point when you came mm-hmm. to Bryce Zion and you came up and you, not only did you pray, but you sang a song over the women and it was so impactful. So, you know what? I believe you when you say you love to pray and, and bake at the same time. And I actually can imagine that happening in your home and um, find great joy thinking about it. So thank you for opening up um, a little bit about your life and um, so we can envision you and what you do. So so you joined this ministry, Tabitha Ministry. One of the reasons I, I would imagine is because you yourself were a vulnerable girl in Africa. So would you mind sharing a little bit about your story and how that influenced and shaped what you do yeah. now? Uh, my life history made me to do even what I do right now, to be honest. I cannot lie. What I passed through in my growing up is what drove me to do what I do today. I grew up in the family of four, of which I'm the firstborn. My mom died and I was left with my siblings. I stayed with my grandmother, like to cut the short story. And there, where I was thinking it is safe, a lot happened to me where I was abused. Somehow also, like, even my virginity was taken just like that. Uh, in that home of my, my marriage, I can say from the village where my relatives were. 
So when I looked at that, I started thinking to say maybe out there there might be a lady or a girl who is passing through the same, but maybe they cannot be like me. Maybe them, they are not strong, and them being found in that situation, it can lead them to something which is not good. So I decided to be doing what I do to train the vulnerable women, because we even accept the younger ones at Tabitha. So that's the reason I decided to be doing what I do today, so that at least one life can be saved, or two or three can be saved by somebody. And uh, I've decided to be a voice that can also speak for them, to be their encouragements, and also to tell them to say whatever is happening in their lives is not their end, but God has a better plan for them. So my life and what I passed through is what has made me to be working with the vulnerable women. And I thank God I had the opportunity to, to have skills that I use today even to train the other ladies. And I believe if the ladies trained, they cannot be the same anymore. Yeah. Hmm. And I, I got to see what you're doing firsthand. And I have to tell you that it, it really did take my breath away the way that God has used the broken areas in your life, the most broken, tender places, healed them, restored them, and then allowed you to be a conduit back to, to sisters and to children. And, I, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting how sometimes what seems to be in the way of our progress or something that's caused us great pain actually becomes the way that God touches and uses for transformation for others. And as I've sat with you and gotten to know you and have seen what God's doing through your life, that certainly has been the case. Countless, countless women. And then those that they've touched children, communities that have been changed because of your work. And um, it's remarkable. So thank you for walking through brokenness unto life. And, you know, Farrah and I was just thinking this just came to my mind when we're talking, you know, having just passed through Holy Week and Good Friday and Silent Saturday and the Resurrection Sunday. I think about how often the portal to resurrection life or new life is mm. the cross. And as you're speaking, I'm just thinking you pass through that cross, that place of pain, and now are on that place of resurrection life, not just for you, for others as well. So it's beautiful. Thankful for that. So the Tab the Tabitha ministry is what, what we would call, and I believe you would name as both a prevention and a development ministry, skills development for helping vulnerable women and girls. Can you explain a little bit about what you do on a daily basis? You know, who who are you serving and working with and training? And how have you seen this transform individual lives and communities since you've been leading this ministry? Uh, yes, I'm with Tabitha Leader, and I've got uh, four people that are working with me. Um, uh, uh, Rachel Banda, Elizabeth, and um, Grace and Gladys. So these uh, ladies, they have been working hand in hand with me to make it work out at Tabitha Ministry. Because being alone at Tabitha, I cannot manage to do it alone. And that's the reason I have a team so that each team member can take part uh, into it. 
So what we normally do uh, on our daily basis at Tambitha, we do train, uh, like we do, we have classes uh, from Monday to Friday where ladies, they come to our place and we train them in different uh, life skills. We have uh, the tailoring class, we have the cutting class, we have the beading, and we also have the knitting class, whereby some uh, when women learn these skills, they go out there and use them. And we thank God because the cutting class was, uh, we just used to give them like a one-day training, but this time we are privileged. We have managed to buy some things to set up a kitchen at the uh, Tabita Skills Center. We have the stoves and other things to start using. Yeah, so we thank God that we can have a fully cutting class also at Tabita Skills Development. So what normally happens when the then ladies learn their skill, the skills, uh, we ask them at the end to make something that they can sell so that they can be able to support their families. We also do the business training whereby we train women in a micro small micro business. It's a small business where they just get a 50 kwacha or 100 kwacha uh, to start a business and also to teach them how they can use their business money very well. So we also do that one too. And uh, the ladies that we train, they come from different backgrounds. Some of them, they are abused. Some of them, it's because uh, of poverty. No one was there to support them. Some of them, it's because they are widows. Their husband died. And we also even receive like younger girls whereby they are 18, 16 years. At first, it was very difficult to accept them. They're not until... I had to put myself in the picture when I was passing through the same situation when I was young. And that time I passed through abuse. Mm-hmm. So when I looked at, we look at a 16-year child or 15 coming to Tabitha for interviews, they want to do skills. Uh, this uh, helped us also to open our eyes to say, yes, these children can come to us, but we can also like find ways in which we can take them back to school. So I can say in 2019, we received like the, uh, three younger girls. And when these three younger girls came, uh, we accepted them to be part of Tabitha Skills Development with the mind of taking them back to school. And we started praying when we were telling each lady to say, if you can contribute a 50, uh, 10 quarter, we can take them back to school. So we thank God in the same 2019, that was um, somewhere in July, we had the opportunity to take these uh, younger girls back to school in grade six primary school level. And they continued even in 2020, they were in grade seven, they even wrote their exams and qualified to grade eight. So I was very happy to see the smile on these girls and happy to be called the mothers from Tabitha and then we take them back to school. So I was privileged to have that chance also now to Mm. go and pay their school fees. And when I look at these children, I see the smile. Wow. Then I say, God, indeed, you are doing it. This girl will not suffer or pass through what I passed it through. So I think that's what I can share. I feel like even crying. But anyway, I'm happy, though. It's so touchy when I think about it. Mm. But we have so some girls that are in school now. Yeah. And also even one boy, like, we have, yeah, who is also in school, too. Well, what's beautiful about, you know, because we're talking about a prevention and a development, a skills development ministry and program is 
it, it sounds like somewhere in um, the culture that there's a, a thought that not continuing on in school is a better decision for some of these girls, which in fact is making them more vulnerable. Is yeah. that true? Mm-hmm. So is that, is that, yeah. there's some work that you had to do to show these young girls the bigger picture about continuing on in education yeah. for their future. Is, is that, how how do you how is how does that happen in in the in yeah, what you just you know because uh culturally it was more like ladies the girls even if they don't go to school they can get married but when we look into this era we are in even a girl child is supposed to uh like to go to school they learn they can be doctors of today they can be lawyers of today so we looked at it to say these younger girls they deserve a chance to study to go back to school so that their future can also uh, be bright, yeah. Because, you know, there's, we're doing, is it in Utah, in West Zion, when we're doing the hiking, I came across that, uh, the tree, I know I shared about it, the one which was growing on the rock, and Mm -hmm. that got me thinking to say, this tree looks vulnerable, but where is this tree getting the nutrients and the food and the water? So most of the time when I look at a vulnerable child, it's what comes into my mind. And I saw it was useful for me to come there to bless, bless Zion because it tried to boost also uh, my passion over the younger ones and also the ladies at the same time. Because that tree, even up to today, I still have the picture of that tree that grew on top of the rock. And even up to now, I say, God, you are the God for that tree. And I believe you can be the same God for these younger ones nowadays. So thank you for sharing that imagery. Yes, I do remember. And maybe we can get a picture of that tree to share either in our show notes or on our social media, because what a, what a great parallel to think about how God is bringing nutrients to this tree perched Mm -hmm. on a rock and how God is finding a way to bring nutrients to these vulnerable girls so that their future is secure and they're, they're contributing to their communities in meaningful work, not just being led into destructive ways. So you're right in the center of all that. And I, I I love hearing your passion as well when you're talking about these girls that continued on in school 2019, 2020. You know, they would have had every reason to, to sort of know this isn't going to work, but they passed yeah. through that. And are continuing on and hearing your emotion and your connection to that shows me that that this is fueled with a lot more than just, you know, doing a project. Your your heart is fully invested and um, it's pretty awesome. So um, you told us about, um, you know, these young girls, these three girls and how they be- you know, benefited practically. I wonder if you have another story, a personal story that touched your heart um, of a woman who came that was that was vulnerable and how she benefited from the skills development and then how you saw that impact her family and the community. Do you have um, another story yeah, as well? A lot of them, but I'll just pick one. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, there's this lady who started coming to Tabitha at the age of uh, 58 already. She was old. So this lady came and then she said she didn't have a chance to go to school. And again, at the same time, she didn't have a chance to have a child in her life. 
So when she came to Tabitha, she was looking low, saying to say, people, they laugh at me, to say I am barren, and then I am old without any child, and then no skill, a country that can't do anything, but I can just go to the farm. So when this lady came, I told her to say, Madam, here where you have come, it is your place. It is meant for people like you. So that's how we uh, she, she started coming, uh, learning. Like at first she was doing knitting, then she said, I want sewing. So she started doing the sewing training. And uh, last year, this lady, I would tell you, like she never missed a class and she never came late. And she always come at Tabitha skills Eighter than me, to be honest. Eight hours sharp, she's there. So last year, she was like, she can't read. She cannot understand when you are talking, in, like as, uh, teaching in English. But once she gets what you are teaching, she will do it better than even the younger ones and the people that have been to school. Even her work is so inspiring and so encouraging. So last year, she we, uh, we looked at it to say she deserves to have uh, a machine. So as Tabita Ministry, we bought a machine for her and it was given to her and she has been using this ma this machine from home and she even graduated last year in November. Surprisingly, after her graduation, she asked me if she can come and see me. Then I told her to say, you can come at Tabitha. She came at Tabitha and she was very happy about the machine that was given to her and now she's able to use the machine to make the masks. But at the end, she asked me and she told me to say, you know what? I don't want to stop being with Tabitha. I want now to learn bidding. So I looked at her, then I said, I am not even worried about your highs and about your age. Then she said, for as long as I can learn and continue using my skills. So she said, her desire is to continue learning more and more. So this time she has a machine, she can do the sewing. Mm. And in February 23rd, she decided to come and learn the beading. So I'm always telling her to say, Madam, go back home. Then she said, when I learn beading, I go home, I sit on a machine, I start sewing and also support my my grand cousin children uh, in school and other people. Mm -hmm. But there's one thing that touched me about this lady. I asked her to say, this machine we have given you, how are you going to use it? She told me she will be making clothes to help the fellow poor people in the community. She said she wants also when she makes something, she sells and then she sends somebody to school. So when I looked at her, I was very touched. Tracy, I'm telling her, I said, wow, God, I didn't know that even at this age now, she's more like a skistin, she's thinking like that. Then I said, I think, God, you have done something in the life of this lady. So I've decided to start working wow. with her to encourage her and also just to continue like building a spirit to say, yes, mama, you can do it. So she's doing bidding again and she's doing the sewing at home. When I look at that, I see we have not wasted our time. God has done something in our life. That's a great story. That is such a good story. And even the fact that she graduated, she wanted to continue on with the heart to focus on the next generation coming up. And it resembles your heart, Farron. Because yes. I just heard you tell the same story. Yeah. And so you passed and multiplied that mm. heart onto this woman that you have trained. Yeah. That's yeah. great. I rejoice with you Thank about you. that. So as we just begin to turn toward wrapping this conversation up, I, I want to just invite you to share with us 
your, you know, what is your greatest need in this coming season as you recover from the pandemic? And it sounds like you've already made some good strides toward that. What is your heart for this next season? And what is the greatest need so that we can pray for Um, you? Our heart for this season is to at least train more women so that they can be sustainable. Because last year I looked at it like some, most of the people, uh, they didn't have things to do. And it's more like it was very difficult when they can't go to work anymore. And, you know, even the economy, the way it has even happened, our culture has become like small, like it has lost a lot of value. So, and when I look around the town, I see like people are in need of something to do so that they can better their lives. So our heart is to train more people. That is our heart and desire so that when we train more women, then these women can go and train uh, other women. And they can also maybe the ones who will be doing catering, they can make fritters and be selling. And also at the same time, we also have the heart for the younger boys, the younger boys that had no chance to go Mm. to school, of which like this year, we have two boys who has passed through a lot. And when we looked at them, they said they came crying for the skill. Then I looked at them and we made some research to find out what is happening in their lives. And for sure, I had to find out to say these boys, they really need help. So we decided to accept these two small boys for the first time in Tabita history. So we have two younger boys that are part of our classes and we are hoping God will do something in their lives. And our greatest need as a ministry by this time is that, yes, we have put everything in the kitchen and our classrooms, they have no floor. Uh, we're supposed, uh, we have been trusting God if we can put the towers in all the finished building, like on the floor. But uh, the challenge has been finances. And when we ask somebody to do the quantity and what is needed, lovely for us to put the towers, it, uh, it's more like it needs more money for us to do that. So our greatest need is to put the floor in our skills training. Uh, if we can have the towels or the, the, the cement, then we'll be able to do that. So that is our agent need. And we are praying that God will help us before, because mm-hmm. they, they, they closed on Easter, our holiday, and they're going to come report back for their classes on the 4th May. So we are hoping to do the work in between. And uh, now to 4th April, 4th May, so that when the student comes, the flow will be okay. So our greatest need is the flow. And also the other one, I need prayers on that one. I feel bad as a leader to see the people that are serving with me, not having like, you know, what can I say, something for them to put on their table for their families. Yes, they are vowed to help to teach the students at Tabitha, but sometimes I also sit as a leader to think, to say, God, how can I help these people who are voluntarily helping you or like helping teaching from deep down their hearts? So I, the other thing you can pray for us is the financial support for the national workers, especially these people that I'm working with, because I don't want the finances to make them lose their passion like or to make them like be thinking. Yeah, but I've seen they are, they are so passionate and I thank God for the team. But as a leader, sometimes I think to say, God, how can how can I do it so that they can find be financially supported? Yeah, so that's in those areas you can pray for us. Yeah. 
and I need more strength. I need more strength to lead this ministry. Yeah. Yeah. Farron, I appreciate you sharing that. And what I see as a theme is your heart for the people, the care for the people you're working for, the desire for them to operate from passion and morale, and for you to be able to help meet the needs practically for them to provide for their families, which is such a, that's a, that's a great prayer. And if you don't mind, can we pray with you right now? I'd just love to pray into those needs. Yes. Can I do that? Thank you for my sister, Farron, for her passion, for her call, for her history, for her leadership. I want to affirm her even now for her work, for her diligence, for the moments that she digs in and seeks you and worships and prays for the needs around her. Lord, you see those times and they're so valuable to you. I thank you that it's not just the work that she does, which is very important, but how much you love being with her as she works. And I pray great strength for her practically and personally as she leads Tabitha. I pray for the needs that she spoke about. She prayed for her national workers that train who have need because the Quacha has devalued in in value because of COVID. You know what you're your people and your kids need. You say countless times in scriptures, look to the birds of the air. And so we do that. We ask that you would meet the need of every national worker who has who has provision, who is asking for provision for their family, just to eat, just basic needs. We together pray that you would meet those needs. We also pray for the Tabitha Center and the need for it to be completed and the need for the flooring to be done. You care about those things. And we also pray for more women, more boys, more girls who would be drawn to the Tabitha Center to be trained with skills for their hearts to know more about you, to be surrounded with others who can encourage them, and mostly to be empowered in the call that you have on each one of their lives. So I agree in prayer with my sister for the fullness that you have in this season. For Farron, for the leaders, for the women that are need, or the people that are needing to participate, for who they will impact, and for all the things to come. Together, we agree in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. So, Farron, one last question before we wrap up. Um, you have been connected with the Freedom Challenge for quite some time now, and if you wouldn't mind, can you speak directly to the women who might be listening, our listeners and our Freedom Sisters, and just let them know about your love for them over the years and the impact that their individual service, heart, prayer, fundraising, and advocacy has had on you and the ministry that you serve? Thank you so much. Freedom Challenge Sisters, you have been a great help to all the ministries that Freedom Challenge supports. And to be honest, Tabitha Ministry cannot stand and do what it's doing today. But it's because of you that Tabitha skills can continue running today and train vulnerable women in the community. Your commitment to Freedom Challenge is what is making this ministry to stand and going on. I'm really encouraged by your lives and your, your participation in every Freedom Challenge activity that comes on. Sisters, my prayer is that may God continue blessing you. 
you are the one that is making this work to be done. I know maybe out there you might be thinking, you are not do you are not with me here at Tabitha, but to tell you the truth, you are with us and you are doing it together with us. Because without you, we cannot stand. We value your prayers. We value every effort you put into this ministry so that it can work out today. Thank you very much. Thank you for the sacrifice you do. Climbing mountain, running, walking, and also riding bicycles. All of that that you do for us, we see that you have the love for us. We treasure, we treasure you. And our prayer is that may God also continue blessing you, continue remembering you and strengthening you. Thank you for loving us and thank you for caring for us and all the vulnerable women in the world. Thank you for being their development. Thank you for being their, their hope. Thank you for being their rescue. Indeed, you have made a difference in these ministries. I treasure you and I salute you, Freedom Challenge sisters. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Tracy, too. Uh, thank you so much for what you do and what an honor it is for us to participate and for taking the time to chat with me today and catch us up and um, let us know how we can continue to support and pray for you. It means so much to be a part. So God bless you. And we just think highly of you. And um, thank you for being with me. So for now, friends, um, thank you for joining us. And until next time, let's continue to do good by helping enslaved women and children do more than you ever thought physically possible and do it together by connecting with women who have a heart for a hurting world. God bless. Thanks for listening to the Freedom Challenge online podcast. If you liked what you heard, join the fight to set women and children on a pathway to freedom across the globe. We are a proud ministry of Operation Mobilization USA and encourage you to learn more at thefreedomchallenge.com and omusa.org for how you can get involved. Follow us on Facebook, on Instagram at the FCUSA, and don't forget to subscribe and leave a review to let us know what you think. We'll see you next time.